What do people with disabilities have to be thankful for? How can they love themselves? Well, today we're going to explore this very topic, self-love and what it means to those of us living with disabilities. Welcome to another episode of The Pity Party, where we three Muslim Canadian women coming from all kinds of different spaces across the world share our lived experience, our combined experience of over 150 years. We are racialized women with disabilities who have had the privilege of living the majority of our life right here in the Toronto area. My name is Rabia and I'm blind. My name is Rafia and I'm in a wheelchair. My name is Omaya and I'm in a wheelchair too. So ladies, today we're going to talk about self-love. What does that mean to each one of us? What does it represent? How did we come to a place where we could love ourselves? Or did we always love ourselves? What do we have to love ourselves? Let's talk about this. Omaya. Yeah, like growing up, to be honest with you, I struggled with that a lot. I'm, I'm, I default a very like pro-life kind of person. Like I love life. I'm a very positive person. I always like to look for the positive in the negative. That's like my mission, you know. <clears throat> but of course, like growing up in a culture that has their views on disability and, you know, and if you're lacking anything, it's, it's a big problem. It's a big deal, right? And then people threw remarks like, would, why are you so happy, for example? Why do you have to be so happy? Like, why do you have to be so, like, have faith or be, <laughs> show your faith? Like, what, what do you have to be thankful for, for example? So that was, like, growing up, hearing that from every angle really shake, shaked my confidence in myself. Like, there's my positivity from one side and my outlook at life from one side, and there's everybody else, what they're telling me, or the, the majority of people. <clears throat> and then, then you look at the beauty and how they def how the society defines beauty, and they tell you, oh, to love yourself, you have to be like this height and this width and this weight and dressing this trendy and this. So they have measurements, right? And I couldn't fit, I could not fit any of those measurements, right? Like, it was just a no-no for me. So it was a struggle all along, you know? Uh, for me to reach that self-contentment that we all deserve and we all should be aiming at. Rafia, what about you? For me too, it, it's, uh, it, it is, it is, you know, it has been a struggle, right? It has been a struggle. And one of the things for me, actually, it, it's, um, you know, Islam tells us that we're all, you know, all equal, you know, in terms of, of human beings, right? But yet, you know, we get the sense that that you know that if you're able-bodied and you're you know you're you're looking at this you know this is your statistics in terms of your your body stats you know this is the perfect image and the media puts that all out in there and a lot of people because of their disabilities and because everything is not in proportion to the to the what's out there you know you there's that conflict you know. What, what Islam, what my faith says about it and what's out there. And that in the, that's inner conflict is, is there, you know, and something that we struggle with. And for me, one of my most um, 
the, the time that it really, really hit me was when I was going to get married. And, um, and then I thought, oh, my God, someone else is going to see, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, who I am, like underneath. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I, I was really, you know, um, you know, not comfortable with that. And I had to come to terms with that, you know. So that, that was very interesting. I think, you know, for me, if, if I'm to go back, um, and again, my experience is different. You guys were raised in the places that you were born and you came here when you were adults. I came here as a child, growing up in a society, uh, you know, in, in which, you know, the school I went to was predominantly white at that point, you know, um, 45 years ago, 50 years ago, uh, Mississauga was more white than racialized. Today we are more racialized. And I was that kid that, that was brown skinned. I was that kid that didn't have perfect vision. I was that kid that was, you know, facing racial slurs all the time. And that really harmed my self-esteem. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel good about who I am, even though I am a very positive person. I am, you know, as I like to say, I'm a visionary warrior. Like every obstacle is an opportunity. I have to change the world, right? So um, I'm I'm very confident in myself, but I was not that person when I was a child. I felt very vulnerable. Um, as, as newcomer family, again, you know, we didn't dress in the brand names. We weren't trendy. So, so even that added to who I was. You know, my mom was not a trendy person. Uh, she didn't dress me in trendy clothes. She dressed me in homey villager clothes, <laughs> whatever she could buy on sale at Dixie Mall, right? Um, so I faced those kinds of challenges. And as I grew up through high school and stuff, um, by the way, I didn't start wearing hijab until university. So, you know, um, wanting to wear a little bit of makeup like everybody else, but not being able to do it because I couldn't see it well enough, right? So my disability is a little different. It's not necessarily about, you know, how I am physically, but it's the fact that I cannot see and I cannot see what beauty is actually in that regard. Mm. So I, I, you know, so it's only reinforced by all the, you know, the, the TV and the media and, you know, all the objectification sort of pieces out there. Right. Yeah. I, I grew up with boys, so I really, I was the only girl. So makeup is a no, no. They'll make fun of me. I'll never hear the end of it. So it was a no, no. I, I did. I just didn't want to go through that. Right. Yeah. And my mom wasn't a girly girl. Right. <laughs> and and I, so I was a tomboy, like in many ways, like yeah. all the games I played were. So I loved myself when I'm with them. Like they really felt, I felt like I really am somebody, I belong. They love me, they respect me. And they had like a soft spot in their heart for me because I'm like a girl, the only girl, and I have a disability. So I took advantage of that, right? <laughs> but when I went out to the society, that was a different story. Like honestly, yeah, yeah. Much I, I, that, yeah. And I think that's where our biggest conflict is, especially right. <clears throat> those of us with physical disabilities, you know, we're comparing ourselves to what is out there, right? And for me, I grew up with a lot of girls, but we were in a home that we don't, we didn't usually use makeup, right? 
it wasn't something that we we did we just you know like simple like natural things like that yeah but um in terms of self-love too right self-love too is also about setting boundaries it's about self-care and 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 taking that time for yourself you know and i think as 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 i you know as i grow older that is something that i was more you know in tune with in terms of ensuring that i that i you know set certain boundaries keep certain people out of my you know that I'm not, you know, that, that poison the environment or toxic people. And I think that is very important for our own sanity because when you hear those voices, it, it, yeah. it impacts you, you know? I, yeah, I who, who you surround yourself with, right? Who you yeah. surround yourself with either helps you love yourself or, or, or causes you to hate yourself. Because uh-huh. if people are, are flaky, are materialistic, are you know, all about the hair and the makeup and the body image and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then that's all you have to measure yourself against. And it becomes tricky, a tricky place to navigate. We see that playing out with our children even, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, I think, I think, you know, Rafi, you're absolutely right. Get rid of people who are negative, Find people who lift you up rather than drag you down. And if you you. love yourself, nobody's going to love you. I'm mm-hmm. with you, but I tell you, when it comes from the closest circle mm-hmm. and you're young, it's very hard. Yes. It's very yes. difficult to drop people. You can't. Yeah. They're your family. Yeah. They're in your family. And they have these views, you know. And, and it's like, no, I'm not blaming anybody. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, right? But mm-hmm. we're talking here to, to show how our views like impair people, like, you know what I mean? Like put, put limits and put frames around people that they, they don't fit that frame. But we enforce it on them when they're young. It took me forever to to know what boundaries are. Like, no, I know I knew some level of boundaries. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. boundaries, like you know, as we get older, they become tighter and tighter and tighter because we want to protect ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So they're really loose as we're young because we mm-hmm. have this positive outlook and we want to take the world on, right? But as we mm-hmm. get older, we get hit so many times. Mm-hmm. I find the toughest thing for me was some people who are very close to me. I mm-hmm. had to them just to save myself. And yeah. it was, it was, I tell you the truth, it was like cutting a piece of my heart out. That, yeah. that's yeah. how difficult it was. Mm-hmm. So, and not everyone I, I, is able to do that. Like, I'm not self appraising. It wasn't a fun time or no, it, no. it was the most difficult thing I had, I, I have ever, you know, done is mm-hmm. to drop the people that I love because my love of them is from one side. <clears throat> And the way they think and the way they act and the way they pass remarks every time, it is so hurtful that I could not heal without dropping them. I have to drop them. And you know what? That is so important, Umaya, because what? We teach people how to treat us. And if we don't stop it, right, they're going to continue to treat us in that way. And the other side to all of this, too, is that people pity us. And after all, we have a pity party. Yeah. And they tell you, they tell you the 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 things that you want to hear, like "Oh, you're beautiful," "Oh, you're this," or like, you know, like things that you know in yourself that is not true. They tell you the opposite because they feel sorry for you. I don't want to tell her something that okay, her teeth is ugly, right? My my teeth was ugly when I was younger. I mean, I I, I had to go to or to don dentist for for my teeth. It's my teeth, right? And, and 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 nobody would tell me that, that my teeth was ugly, right? And yeah, but it's that patronizing remarks, right? Yes, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. But do you exactly. know, growing up, yeah, growing up, again, I go back to those like the teens years, like later teens, uni, university time, when the girls start getting married, like my friends and, you know, I get proposals, but I can't bring them home because I, I know they never talked to me about marriage. So I didn't know if they will, it's a thing or not. But I'm just telling you from a, a self-love, a self-esteem thing. I used to hide like if I go to a wedding, I sit, if I have to go, I will sit in the back row, in the corner where nobody sees me. Because wow. I feel I don't belong. Mm-hmm. I want to go. I like the social part. I want to participate. But I hide, right? And then, and it's sad that nobody recognized that I was hiding. Like no close, no far, nobody, no friend, nobody realized. Mm-hmm. And nobody really asked the question. Or if I visit somebody, let's say I visit somebody and I'm sitting there in their room and my crutches are hidden under the couch, right? And some new people came. They talk to me. We talk normally. God help when I pull the crutches and I stand up. They change. They become different people. Some of them, they don't, I'm telling you, some of them, they disown you on the spot. It's not a joke, right? I went through this 50 bazillion times, right? Mm -hmm. It's like tried, tested, and true. And t- I had to develop within me a way to be resilient, like to, you know, continue to love myself and to care mm-hmm. about myself, despite all these negative energy and negative remarks that's coming. My you know, mind. you know, the thing is, once we are comfortable with ourselves, right. it radiates, that confidence radiates. And then, you know, then, then people feel that and then people become more comfortable with us and our disabilities. And it doesn't, not only, not only for people with disabilities, but other people in general. Right, right. You know? But they also get like really overwhelmed and shocked. Yeah, like, absolutely. oh my God, they're happy. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And and yeah. like I said, the one like many, many people told me, what, what do you what do you have to be thankful for? Like, why are you so happy? Why are you so positive? Right. You know, mm-hmm. like as if like they're saying, first of all, you're starting off short. I mean, this is the under the between the lines. Right. You're starting off short. Right. And the second thing is like, what's your potential? What are you going to do? Like they sort of like sort of shoot the idea in your head before you, mm-hmm. if you think. Right. And, and they, they, I think the message I like to send out here is. Please, if you see somebody not participating, sitting in a corner, mm-hmm. having a disability or, or or not having a disability, sitting in a corner, it's okay. Just go and ask how you do it. Reach right? out. Yeah, reach out. I have to offer help. Maybe they got offended by, by if you ask for help, just say how you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, just have mm-hmm. a conversation with them. You know? Yeah, yeah. self-love is important. And on that note, let's end this episode of The Pity Party. Reach out, love yourself, reach out to others who are in the corner, and we don't need your pity party. I need the pity. You can give it to me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for watching, everyone.